Hey guys, we wanted to let you all in on a little partnership we formed between Wolverine Whitetail and the good folks at Crooked Bend. Crooked Bend is a wildlife food plot seed company located right here in our home state of Michigan. It's currently the end of the fall planting season here, but it's a great time to plant either their Branson's Buffalo Blend or Four Clover Combo to keep your herd fed well into this upcoming winter. Anyone who places an order using the promo code Wolverine will receive a free hat along with their order. To place an order, you can visit their website at crooked-bend.com and be sure to also follow them on Instagram at crookedbend for more food plot and hunting content. Love your herd by planting Crooked Bend food plots. All right, guys. Well, welcome to the Wolverine Whitetail Podcast. Uh, my name is Bob, and I had this idea a few weeks ago and hit up one of my good buddies, Matt. He's going to be talking here in a second, but uh, we're just a couple of guys from Michigan obsessed with whitetail hunting. And uh, I was driving one day, and I thought, you know, we uh, I really want to connect and talk about it some more. So we thought that we'd bring you guys a little bit of a mini-series here, like a preseason, midseason postseason whitetail hunting podcast just to kind of talk about our ideas our tactics the thing that we're doing out there and mainly just to bounce ideas off of each other um so go ahead matt i'll let you talk and if i call him chooch sorry i've known him for a long time and uh that's he's always been chooch to me yeah chooch matt whatever just don't call me late for dinner um <laughs> yeah i mean bob pretty much nailed it I, he reached out to me and i was like man like we're not professional hunters. We just hunt, uh, you know, heavily pressured Michigan kind of in the Southeast, uh, area of the state. Well, we'll get into that, but, um, yeah, I was like, whatever we can just talk. I mean, whitetails cause I'm obsessed with talking about deer hunting anyway. So why not record it? And, uh, I thought the idea was pretty cool. The whole, uh, preseason mid season and postseason recap, just, uh, I mean, hopefully people can take something away from it. And it's also a way, for us to hold each other accountable on things that we say we're going to do tactics. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll cover that in more detail, I guess. Yeah. Cause that's always the thing, right. Is we always have these goals going into the season, what we want to do, where we want to go. And uh, unless you're really writing that stuff down and, you know, talking about it, it's hard to, uh, you know, hold yourself accountable. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I even talked about it to people last year. Like, I talked to Frakes about it and well, we're going to get into this. I know I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but yeah, just telling him like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try these new strategies. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And then I just, I didn't do it. So now it's on record, literally on record. <laughs> yeah. If we have stuff and I can say, Oh yeah, I still haven't done that. So anyway. So I guess let's start from the beginning, right? You said that uh, we, we hunt in Michigan. It's heavily pressured. There's, tons of hunters per capita it's probably one of the top three states as far as that goes mm-hmm. um start from the very beginning though so how did you how did you get into deer hunting and, and what does deer hunting mean to you okay you want me to lead it lead it off yeah go ahead all right um uh i mean i was obsessed since i can remember my first uh my first deer hunt actually was with my grandpa my late grandfather i was four years old and it's like the first memory i can remember 
and I remember it vividly. And, uh, yeah, he took me out. We were in uh, Mayo, Michigan, and we went out back. It was around Thanksgiving, and he brought some uh, – remember, he brought some, like, toy cars and some, like, Army guys that I could play with. And I was just glued, man. Like, he thought we'd be out there for, like, you know, an hour. No big deal. And we sat there till dark, and I just didn't touch any of the toys and just stared out the, out the shack, you know. How and, old were you? I was four. Four? I was four years old, yeah. And uh, that was back when you could bait, and that's kind of how, uh, you know, my that's that's the way everybody really hunted back then, you know, you bait. But, uh, yeah, we saw some deer, and uh, we didn't shoot anything, but we went in, and uh, my mom still tells the story to this day. We walked in, and uh, my grandpa looked at my mom and said, he's a hunter. And, I mean, he was kind of wrong because I'm not very good at it, but, I mean, I do <laughs> love it. Uh, uh then there was deer camp, which my grandpa used to go to. It's my uncle's deer camp up in the UP. You know, the tradition, I guess that goes along with, like, what it means to me. You know, just the tradition. I shot my first buck up in the UP at uh, 14. And, um, you know, I was with my cousin. I was with my dad when I shot it. Um, one of my late uncles, that was the only year I got to spend with him at deer camp. He got to witness me shooting my first buck Um and I still have a video to this day of him. I just thought about that, actually, man. Uh, I have a video of him uh, looking at me and, and congratulating me. And we lost him uh, that, that next summer. So, you know, it kind of goes into what it means to me. It's just it, it's camaraderie. It's it teaches you so many life lessons. I mean, discipline, patience, uh, perseverance, you know, measures of success, how how people measure success differently. I mean, you can look at it from so many different perspectives. Um, there's no shortcuts to success. You know, you learn that out. You learn that out the hard way. Sometimes some people learn it out, uh, learn it faster than others. Uh, I mean, it teaches you organization. It's innovation, critical thinking. I mean, so many things that I've learned from hunting and, and especially archery hunting. So, I mean, that's kind of the gist, I guess, of how I got into it and what it means to me. And, um, I mean, I just, I get, I'm obsessed with it. So that's, that's the short answer. So. Yeah. Yeah. The family thing is definitely like the same for me. Um, my grandpa was a hunter. His dad was a hunter. My dad's a hunter. It's just like, I honestly, I don't think I had a choice. I don't remember ever making the choice, but it was never really a choice to make. Um, yeah. So, we started uh, on our grandparents' farm. It's where I still hunt today. Um, my grandpa kind of taught me how to shoot. I would spend summers up there. Uh, we were big into pheasant hunting for a long time, back when the birds, you know, were good up there. And uh, we would run dogs every day. He taught me how to shoot clay pigeons. I just kind of got hooked into that. And then I didn't really get into deer hunting until, you know, 12, 14-ish, kind of picked up the bow. Um, my dad's never been a big bow hunter. So that's probably why I, I kind of started on my own a little bit later. Um, but shooting the bow in the yard. Uh, and then I, to be honest, like I was telling you, I, I kind of put the bow down for like 10 or 15 years. I just didn't have enough time to practice. Uh, I got, I got married young, started a family young for the most part. Um, but like when the whole COVID thing hit, I, I picked the bow back up, tried to get back into it. Uh, but back to the beginning. So I, I got my first deer with my dad. It's a similar story to yours. Um, I was, I was, what was I 14 about to turn 15 during the 2005 Michigan youth hunt. 
And we weren't actually on our family's farm. We were at the farm down the street that we had permission to hunt on. And it was one of those things where like I, I practiced all summer and I was just ready to get out there. And then you're out there and a, a buck walks by and I was just wide eyed, man, like, holy crap, shaking like crazy. Um, I remember seeing like multiple deer in the field that day, but I'll never forget like that first shot. My dad's like, he looks over, he's like, can you hit him? And I was like, we'll see, man. He's only like 60 yards away, but I was hunting with, uh, I, I kind of told this post on Instagram a little bit ago, but I was hunting with just my bird gun, uh, 20 gauge Beretta shooting slugs and just had the shotgun bead on the barrel, just old school as hell, man. But I, I made the shot count, you know, and after that I I'm hooked. Like it's just, I'm not saying that I had to kill one to get hooked. I was probably going to be hooked either way, but that like sealed the deal for me. It helps. For- yeah never looked back after that, you know, and, uh, my grandpa has been gone for a long time too. He passed in 2003. So he never actually saw me shoot a deer. He did see me take yeah. a few pheasants, which was cool. Um, but yeah, so just trying to, you know, it, it's, it's kind of weird. Like I feel, I don't know if you feel this way, but like, I feel like I have to keep it going in a way because fewer and fewer people of our generation seem like they get out there and go hunting and, I, just, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of up to us to keep that tradition alive a little bit. Well, and look at the hunter recruitment rates, really. I mean, there's we're losing hunters, which, right. I mean, it's great in a pressured state like Michigan to have yeah, know, more competition. competition. But, we need, but we need, you know, we need to, and you're 100% right. Um, yeah, it, I was going to interrupt you earlier. It's just, it's funny because, I mean, we do go way back, but like, we've never been like extremely close, you know, we've always been like, we've always gotten along. Um, right. Just for people to, for the four people that listen to this. I never even knew that you were like, I knew you pheasant hunted, you know what I mean? Like growing <laughs> up like high school and stuff, but I didn't know. And I think I remember you like maybe shooting that buck or like shooting some deer, but like, yeah, I didn't know like how deep it was in your family too, you know, which is, it's just been awesome to like reconnect and just talk about it. And, um, like, you know, you were going through all that same stuff I was and I didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like taking time off from school, uh, growing up in like middle school, high school and the teachers would be like, Oh, where are you going? Like, I'm going hunting. They'd be like, Oh, okay. Really? Like, Oh yeah. When the UP, the kids used to get the date, like kids in the UP got the day opening day off school. I don't know if that's still a thing, but it's like, I remember being like, I want to move to the UP. Like, then I don't have to miss school. I just get the day off. Yeah. Like, it'd be awesome. I just don't remember a lot of people growing up where we did in, like, southeast Michigan. Uh, I don't remember a lot of kids missing school to go hunting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I brought a – I think I was in middle school, man, and I brought a – I brought a grouse breast to lunch when I was, like – well, I was like 12, I think, because I'd shot my first grouse. Or I yeah. shot two. And I brought him to lunch and like everyone was just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like people were like, like I sat alone. I was like Steven Glansberg. Yeah. People were like laughing at me like, why you have wild bird? I'm like, yeah, it tastes amazing. But not to, I'm going to go on. I go on tangents all the time. So but stick to the script here. Yeah. 
No, no, I, I appreciate the tangent, man. But yeah, dude, we're we're kind of a dying breed. I mean, luckily I had, uh, I've done my part. I've had my two children and I'm going to bring them up in that way. But I just don't, I don't know. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see a lot of other people doing that these days. So yeah, um, well, I, I don't even have kids yet, so I can't really speak to that. <laughs> Making me feel bad over here. Yeah, man, you got plenty of time. Um. Just think about it. Think about all your kids when you're out there on like a Tuesday at 6 a.m. in a tree this fall because I won't be there. <laughs> all right. Good point. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do like aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, so we can yeah. if you want, you want to change gears a little bit, talk about kind of um, where we hunt the places, maybe some quick descriptions of the terrain and uh, surrounding areas and stuff like that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, well, I you know, not to give away your, you know, portion of what you're going to talk about, but I just think it's awesome too, that like, you know, I pretty much only hunt public land in Southeast Michigan, Mm -hmm. um, hunt private, uh, hunt like one farm, like once or twice a season. But I I just think it's awesome that you hunt, you know, you're hunting private and I'm hunting public. And I don't think one's easier or harder than the other. I think they're just different, but yeah. Yeah. Um, hunting a huge area in southeast michigan that has minimal agriculture um need to start branching out to other areas more um yeah like i said i I mean i don't really think public land's any harder than private i think there's probably situations where a piece of public may be easier than a piece of private and vice versa but um i like that like hunting public land i mean it's kind of it's kind of my only option growing up i didn't have anywhere to hunt so public land i can hunt there but as I've grown up, like it, everyone's on an equal level playing field when you go out there, which I think is cool. You know, like another hunter can ruin something. You got to adjust. And yeah. And what age did you start hunting public land? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's our land, man. It's, you know, again, for the poor people listening, like that's, yeah, if you, that public land is, is our land. Like, so it's just awesome to be able to go out there and, um, I always wear like a public landowner hoodie and people are like, you own public land. Hey, real like, quick. How old were mm-hmm. you when you first started going out there? Um, to public land? Yeah. Uh, I think it was right when I could start driving, like 16, started hunting public land. I don't believe, yeah, I don't believe I, I mean, cause I, I don't remember ever like my dad driving me out there to hunt, but I think I was 16 before that it was just, uh, going up to deer camp. I didn't really, well, I bow hunted up in the up too um shot my first year with a bow up there so i'd go up and and bow hunt that uh when i was younger but yeah um 16 i started hunting on public land but that's kind of where i primarily hunt i guess that's kind of what i cut my teeth on and uh the terrain i don't really know how to it's i mean it's everything i try to look for everything like i said i don't really hunt ag um there's like fields but there's they're mostly if there is ag it's just like standing corn there's no like beans or anything and i don't know man there's just so many hunters where i hunt that i don't like i won't sit a field edge or anything so i i know i was telling you like i was obsessed with uh dan like dan infall and back then it was the uh, blood brothers now it's the hunting beast but um i started listening to to dan infall bought his marsh bucks dvd and was on the blood brothers forum and just thought like, oh man, I'm going to go out there and just try to kill. Like I'd already shot a few deer at this point. So I was like, I'm going to just kill mature bucks. And I think that kind of hindered me because 
there was a lot of stepping stones in between that I didn't, uh, that I kind of surpassed and ended up passing on a lot of deer. I kind of wish I would have shot when I was younger, but, um, but yeah, I like to hunt swamps, um, because that's what I kind of learned first and, um, gosh, there's everything. I mean, there's hilly areas I hunt. I, I don't really know hill terrain that well. Um, yeah. Um, pretty much i mean it's a mix of everything besides like good agriculture so doesn't really sound like a whitetail paradise but that's kind of the that's the best way i can describe the terrain i guess yeah are you mostly going out there on your own or do you hunt with family or friends out there or is it just you um i go out every once in a while i get like a buddy to go with me like i've gone with ty a couple times he's gone out with me um his buddy that he introduced me to who I'm pretty good friends with Brad, he comes out with me every once in a while. Um, but most of the time it's just by myself. I have a weird work schedule, so I get a lot of weekdays off. So, I mean, and most people don't. So a lot of times I'm just going solo. Yeah. But yeah, I got my dad's like, I want to buy a crossbow and start bow hunting. Like you got all these spots. Like, can you set me up? And I'm like, well, you got to do something, you know? (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'll help you out. But, um, so that'd be cool. I hope to get him out a um, couple times just because he's, you know, he's mid-60s. And that's, you know, one of those things where if I can get him out there and put him on some deer, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's cool. My dad just bought a crossbow like two months ago. Oh, nice. So he's like, hey, man, if you're going to go out there during bow season, I'm not letting you go out there by yourself. But not not like he's worried about me, but he's worried about me shooting all the good deer. So I was like, all right, yeah. man, that's cool. Yeah, perfect. So yeah, he's, he's into it. He's super stoked. Those things are nasty, man. I don't know how much you've ever messed around with the crossbow, but they are like dead nuts at 20 yards right out of the box. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. That's another, that's a topic for another time, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they seem pretty, uh, pretty deadly. Yeah, it's crazy. Stick with the compound for now. Oh yeah. We've got plenty of time left before we get there. Um, yeah. So kind of where, where I hunt now is almost like a complete 180 from that situation. We are in the middle of the thumb of Michigan, uh, kind of like right in the heart of uh, farm country, a lot of egg, pretty much surrounded by it. Um, my family has a 40-acre farm that we've had for a long time now, several generations that will eventually go to me uh, when my when my dad passes it down. But so it's it's really flat out there. Um, you're, you got your standard like hundred acre, 200 acre crop fields around us. Um, if you want to go by a compass, we're surrounded by crops on the, well, really all, all four sides, but primarily West, East and North and they rotate. So it's not always the same, obviously, but it's, it's primarily either going to be corn or soybeans that we're surrounded by. And then to the southwest of our property is a pretty big patch of standing timber. So you get a lot of deer that uh, start out in that timber and then they'll cross through our property to and from the big ag fields. So we got kind of like a little sanctuary in the middle of farm country out there. Um, Let me see the surrounding areas, like I was saying. So where we do run into trouble though is there uh, there's a lot of uh families out there that hunt just like ours so 
there's there's families that hunt that big timber so if if the deer is crossing from there getting to our property a lot of times the big buck doesn't always make it that far uh there's a lot of amish in the area and they hunt for subsistence food pretty much so they aren't necessarily out there looking for mature bucks they'll just you know they're they're gotta eat for the winter so they're gonna shoot you know totally understandable too you know you can't knock them for it like, yeah you can't knock them awesome. awesome way to i mean live off the land yeah i mean shoot dude i wish i could do it like i wish i never had to go to the store and buy hamburger but well, do, don't don't talk about it be about it man yeah, yeah i know well now that we can get those uh i don't know if we're going to talk about it or not but now that we can get those 10 landowner tags we might just be stacking them up this year Oh yeah. Aside from the fact that we only see like six does, but that's a that's a different topic. They're gonna be calling you Bobby Big Time soon. Bobby Big Wheel. Um so yeah, it's it's really flat. We've got uh good bedding uh, surrounding like our entire farm pretty much. Um on the east and the west fields, they're separated by fence rows and really good bedding in the east because we redid the grass like two or three years ago. Uh, my dad's buddy came in and sprayed it and took all that old grass out, planted new like pheasants forever type of grass. Uh, it's okay. really good bedding. So uh, we got that going for us. And then there. What is that? What is that grass like, Bob? Like, like how tall? Because I know you told me, but just like to get a. It's yeah. Like... So it's on that side, that east field. It's really only waist high grass. It's not, it's maybe chest at the, at the, at the most, but yeah, you've but seen a lot of some of those other fields, like, uh, in the West field where it gets, it gets a lot more moisture and you start to get like willow plants and stuff like that taking over and that stuff will get above your head. Mm-hmm. And when my grandpa was still alive, we used to have somebody living there, obviously full time who was maintaining all that stuff. And like, that was, you know, that was like his hobby was keeping keeping it from turning into a jungle. So it's, it's a lot like a jungle right now. I mean, we've got like a pull behind uh, type of brush hog mower on our, our ATV, but you can only do so much with that. And my dad's got two other properties that he's got to manage too. So we're trying to make do, but um, it's definitely a work in progress and there's, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. Sounds awesome though. I mean, you showed me a map of it and it looks, it looks sweet. So. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I forgot to mention is there's a big pond in the middle that all the fields tend to drain to. So we always have that like big water source. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, we got a little bit of time. If we want to change gears and just talk about how last year went for us. Yeah, sure. Um, Oh, last year was a roller coaster, man. Um, it was my best and probably worst season that I've ever had just cause I, I mean, I'm a big, uh, mobile hunter. Yeah. So, I mean, I have sticks on my back. I hunt out of a tree saddle, so I'm always moving around. And I mean, I just started, uh, and, and honestly it's due largely in part to a lot of these, uh, podcasts, which, you know, I could name off, but like, yeah. Uh, you know, wired to hunt, you know, same ones you listen to the DeQuisto, just mobile hunting, you know, strategies and stuff. And I just, I don't know. I just bounced around so much. Like I'd even be, I saw my biggest buck last year. I was 
I had seen the sign that told me I should have hunted this field edge, which I just said, I don't hunt field edges down there. Cause I feel like they get so much pressure that, well, there's no way there's going to be deer coming out here during daylight. And, uh, I actually ended up surpassing the sign uh, that told me I should be hunting on the corner of this field. And I, I went in and hunted like 300 yards at this funnel where I thought deer were coming out of. And I got down with like an hour left. I just, I, I just had to go back to that field edge and I had like an hour left of shooting light. And I went back to that field edge just to observe and saw the biggest buck in my season at like 15 yards. He stepped out and I was, I mean, he caught me with my pants down pretty much and I couldn't get a shot at him, but, uh, it was close. I, I just, I guess, you know, getting back on topic, um, I had so many deer in range of me last season during archery season. Um, and the deer are really scattered where I hunt again, cause there's nothing that's really concentrating them as far as like food goes and the oaks last year in all the areas I hunted, I mean, there were acorns everywhere. So deer were scattered and I probably had, I don't know. I mean, opening night, I had, I think, 10 deer, like, in range of me, and uh, that was awesome, but I just, I didn't shoot a single deer with my bow. I just, at one point, I mean, I was going to shoot a doe even just to fill the freezer, and every deer that was in range, I just, I I think I drew my bow, like, four times last year, and I just, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I I don't like to make bad shots. I like to know that I can make an ethical shot on the deer, and yeah. I got buddies, other buddies that are just like, what is wrong with you? Like, you need to start filming this because I don't understand how you're not shooting these deer. And I'm like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to make a marginal shot on a deer, you know? So was um, it, was there something like in your way or it just didn't feel right? Um, man, if I, I could go through every, I could probably, you know, go in the memory bank and think about every single deer. Yeah. It was just a combination of things. Like, I don't know. I remember the, the first deer I drew on, I just and it was it was a big doe um it was opening night and she just she stopped and she was uh probably 30 yards and I drew and then she just I I was gonna shoot I mean I was gonna shoot her and then she just she did something weird she turned like a weird way and then just like got to like the doe in front of her started like frolicking around and she just like started like doing the same thing as I was drawn and then there was stuff in my way just one of those situations and it seemed like that happened every time um, like that big, the, the big buck that I saw on the field edge was, I mean, he just pegged me, you know, and I, I mean, I just got to the field edge and was trying to get situated under, uh, in tucked into some brush and he popped out like right in front of me. And I was just like, Oh my God, you know, just again, caught with my pants down kind of thing. Um, I'm lefty and I hunt out of a saddle, which means you're facing the tree. So obviously I want to shoot to my right since I'm a lefty, I had deer, uh, you know, come on the left side of my tree when my bow was on the right side of the tree. So I would have had to try to swing, you know, try to swing around on them. Um, I just a, a number of things. I mean, I had one really good buck in range on November 1st. I was just still hunting from the ground and I was right in his freaking bedroom and I actually called him out, which I never use calls or anything, but it was just a scenario where, I mean, the conditions were perfect. I was right. I knew he was in there. And uh, I actually called him out, and that was probably what got my, I mean, out of the entire season, that got my heart racing, I mean, more than anything else. Because, I mean, I called this buck out of this, uh, like, tamarack, like, swamp, and uh, I just saw, like, half his rack, and he was, you know, he didn't see the deer that was making this noise, and I should have known that. Like, he he had a pretty good view of where I was, and he tried to circle downwind, and uh, I tried to make a move to, count. I knew what he was doing, I tried to make a move to counter that, and ended up busting him because I stink. But, um, 
yeah, I, uh, I ended my season with a, uh, doing some, some, uh, during muzzleloader, uh, another buddy I met actually the, the night that I saw that big buck on the field edge, I had met a guy who's around our age and he's a mobile hunter as well. And we just hit it off right away. And, uh, towards the end of the season, we were doing some, uh, just two man deer drives and it was his turn to his turn to do a push and he pushed a doe a couple does out uh i think it was december 23rd so i shot a i shot a decent doe with my muzzle loader which was good just to put something in the freezer but um yeah i don't know i i saw i i counted it at one point i think throughout the season which was mostly archery i think i had like 37 or like 40 deer in range of me that's wow another yeah and, and some of those were during firearm season but yeah um, so again it was like an awesome season like i was in the action i can't even i don't know how many hunts i went where i didn't see a deer probably like three or four like i don't know i was just in the deer the whole time but just couldn't couldn't connect so that was kind of a that's kind of a recap of my season but you know there's always next year right there's always this year <laughs> yeah exactly dude so for me it was like polar opposite of that and a lot of it is probably because I'm so focused on hunting my family's farm. So uh, I, I think I remember telling you, like watching the 2019, um, the hunting public videos from their Michigan trip, mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of why my season sucks so bad. And it was because of all that flooding. So oh, yeah all that flooding really affected where we were at too. It threw off the whole like farmer's schedule and all that stuff. So our whole farm was basically flooded too, along with all the fields around it. So the deer just weren't there. They just weren't using it. I think they were all still holed up in the timber and they like, they didn't make that, that trek across the, across the road into our property like they normally would. Cause they're just, there wasn't any real point in being there. Um, right. just, it was just flooded so bad. And uh, I remember, let's see, I counted my sits last year, and I I think I was out there 15 or 16 times and bouncing around a little bit, but not as much as I should have. So a lot of it was probably me blowing out spots, which I'm trying to get better at because that's one of the things that's really haunted us for a long time is like me and my dad, we spend a lot of time during the summer building these blinds. So it's like when the season rolls around, you feel like you almost have to hunt them, but oh, yeah. from what I'm finding is we're probably doing more harm than good by sticking to that. And I'm trying to get him. Well, I'm not trying to get him. I'm, uh, he's, he's a lost cause. He's going to keep doing his old school hunting style, which is fine. Um, but I'm trying to get myself, you know, better at uh, bouncing around, not blowing out spots. Cause I think it's really costed us over the years. So yeah. anyway, long story short, uh, I didn't see a single buck on our property last year while I was hunting. Um, we did have some camera pictures of them later at night, stuff like that. You know, you always hear people say that they go nocturnal and whatnot. I don't really buy into that too much, but, um, I, I got to interject <laughs> a buddy. Oh, my buddy, Dave, that I've told you about. Yeah. Him, we're talking last year and it's like, we were talking about that whole nocturnal thing. It's like, the deer don't go underground. Like they're still out there. You know what I mean? Even if yeah. they are, even if they're bedded and they're moving after dark, like they're still somewhere. Like, and yeah. that's where kind of like, and this is again, getting ahead of myself. Cause we're going to talk about this, but like, you know, if, if you're not seeing them, then go find them kind of a thing. Right. You know, 
anyway, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, in some cases, like if you're stuck with 40 acres and you know right. you don't have permission to hunt on the neighbor's farm or whatever, the deer are still there. They're just they happen to be on your farm at three in the morning. But where were they coming from at daylight, or where are they going to after they leave your place at three a.m.? You know, that's the well, stuff. Well, and to add to that, like I, what I just said doesn't really apply to you because if you only have 40 acres, you, you might not want to go like milling, like bumping deer, you know, like you don't want to be going and like kicking a buck up yeah. or whatever, because you don't know if he's going to go to the neighboring property or, or whatever. It sounds like there's so much pressure up there. Yeah. So many people coming, like you don't, you know, you want to keep them there. So you're kind of, I, I feel like that's a situation that's better for like, pub, you know, if you're hunting public land where you have just like, you know, you could literally go anywhere and have thousands of acres. It's like, well, who cares if you bump a buck or whatever, but right. yeah, when you're 40 acres and you're limited to that, that's not really applicable sometimes. I, I feel like. No, you're right. Because so here's my, so that was 2019, right? I didn't, uh, just to sum it up, I didn't see a buck and I waited all the way until late doe season to try and shoot a doe. It was the last day and I had one at like 150 yards and I, I think I shot high on her. And it was like, I, I wait, I waited almost the entire last hour of daylight and I shot with probably five or 10 minutes left and I, I missed and I, I was a clean miss. I know. Cause she didn't look hurt. She just kind of scampered off and she ended up running by my dad's stand like five minutes later. And he's like, dude, that was not a very big deer. She, she probably had like the boiler room, <laughs> the size of a paper plate. Like you were shooting at a large dog. And I was like, dude, I was just so pissed. I just wanted to shoot something. I'm not sorry, PETA folks out there listening, but I, it was like, you know what I mean, man? I was frustrated. It was a mm-hmm. long season and that was effectively my last day. So I, I feel mean, like that's when you and I kind of started like reconnecting again, you know? Yeah. Like, I remember you talking to me and being like, Oh dude. And I was telling you like, dude, I've had such a rough season. And we were just kind of like messaging back and forth talking about your season. And I know, I knew you were like, man, I just need to shoot something. I'm like, <laughs> I know, we got to keep sticking it out. We got to keep sticking it out. But yeah. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But so two years ago, to get back to like the whole pressure thing, um, it was 2018 opening day um, and it was it was opening day, but it was the evening sit and uh, it was snowing. Like I remember it being like a snow globe. It was like a blizzard out there. And um, this this big buck who I think might have been the one that I posted the, the like memorable mm-hmm. flashback Friday trail cam pictures of. I, I I don't know if it was him, uh, just because this one had a darker rack. But anyway, uh, it was a it was a big eight point, and he came out chasing a doe, and it was so dark and so snowy that I couldn't really see. And he was about to go through this funnel that was about oh I don't know fifteen twenty yards in front of my blind. It's a perfect funnel that takes him from the west side of the property across the back of the north side over to the east it's like a just like a a 15 foot little thing that they have to walk through that's almost right in front of our blind and it's snowing like crazy and he's about to follow this doe right through this funnel and it was it was really dark but i i had a scope on my shotgun where i still could have probably gotten a shot off if he would have got close enough and all of a sudden she looks to what would have been her left, which was the north, and just tail up, spooks out, goes back the way they came, back toward the west. And I was like, what the hell? Like, 
I know they didn't right. smell me. It's like it's a freaking blizzard. It's swirling. I don't think they smelled me. And uh, so anyway, I, I call my dad. I'm like, hey, man, uh, I think the big one just spooked out of here. I'm going to take my time and get back up to the house and try to go the long way around. How far away were they? They probably got to 50 or 60 yards okay. um, when when she spooked out because I could it was it was really hard to see. It was getting really dark. But anyway, I, I give my dad a call. I tell him I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out the long way, which means I'm going to walk toward him. So I just wanted to give him a heads up that I was going to be walking toward his shack and we'll go meet up and go the long way back to the house. And as I'm stepping out of my blind, I get all my stuff put on. And as I'm stepping out, I open the back door. And there's this guy who's about my age with probably, I don't know, a six or seven-year-old kid. And there's this little Amish dude. And I was like, oh, hey, guys. And he's like, hey, man, we're just hunting back here. He had like a bucket. They were just like sitting out in a bucket in the middle of freaking blizzard. On your, on your farm? No, on the on the uh, property to the north. So like I was sitting in the back fence row between that separates our two properties facing mm-hmm. my property. And I was like, I was just like, damn it, dude. They, I know that they smelled you guys or saw you guys because they were coming from that way. Right. And these guys were just like, they probably sat on that bucket for five minutes, froze their ass off, got up and walked around to try to warm up a little bit, sit down again, five minutes, walk up and down the fence row. And I know that that's what those deer saw. And I was just like, hey, guys, did you see that big buck? And they're like, no, we didn't see nothing. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's a killer. But that, that just shows you, man, it feeds into the whole pressure thing. And you can't get too down about it. You can only control what you can control. But it just it really sucks when stuff like that happens. And I'm pretty sure that the neighbor on the other side ended up shooting that deer like a week later. I never got to see yeah. it. So I don't know if it's the exact same one. But. There's only so many big mature eight points, you know what I mean, within a hundred acres. Right. So, right, yeah, I hear you. The numbers yeah. don't lie, man. They just add up. No. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a bummer. I I didn't know where that was going. I did not expect you to say that. I thought you were like in the hardy. I didn't understand where you were sitting, and I thought you were in like the heart of your property. I'm like, huh, I wonder what did happen, you know? But yeah, yeah. no, I mean, it was all totally cool. Like, they weren't trespassing or anything. It's just right right on the property line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like public land on private. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. We talked about maybe touching on the new hunting regs. I don't know. Do, they, do any of those new regulations really apply to you? I can run through them real quick. Um, so it's basically saying in our, I guess maybe the archery one does in archery season, you can take a doe on the deer, deer combo license Wait, during the firearm. Go ahead. No. Yeah. I, I thought that it was uh, like with pretty much firearm in any County. I haven't looked at them in, in like a month, but yeah. Firearm in any County, you can take a doe, uh, with with a combo license which wasn't always the which wasn't always the case uh i mean in in select dmus deer management units it was but i think it's statewide now because archery you can always with a combo you can shoot you can shoot two doe yeah i mean all you know for since i remember anyway yeah so there's there's that one and there's like i think it's like private landowners can buy up to like 10 doe permits now Mm mm-hmm which 
if I did that, I would have four in my pocket after shooting every doe that I saw. Right. <laughs> I don't think that really applies to me, but I, I could see, you know, what they're doing that is they're gearing it toward the farmers where the deer are actually a problem. Yeah. I think that there's, well, and I, not that I talked about my, my career or anything, but I think that there's a lot to these new regulations that have to do with trying to let, and this is maybe a conspiracy, but I think that it's kind of geared towards letting bucks get bigger. Because if you think about the whole firearm thing, like now in any County uh, in the lower peninsula of Michigan, you can shoot a doe with a firearm tag. How many, you know, quote unquote, you know, weekend warriors. So they call them go out there for one weekend and they're going to shoot the first legal deer that they can, which I understand because they don't have time to hunt or whatever. And so, you know, they have to, in years past, they have to wait for that spike or a small six point or whatever to shoot it. And so they will, but now they can shoot a doe. So they're not going to, you know, they're probably not going to pass on a big doe that, that comes out first. You know what I mean? And then, and then that's going to in turn let bucks live because they're going to shoot the first year they see. And more times than not, you're, you see, you know, your, your average hunter is going to go out and see does before they see bucks. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. I, so if that's the case, then I don't really understand the whole new muzzleloader thing, though, where you can use any firearm during muzzleloader season. Well, I think it's well, yeah, and that's a bummer for me because I just bought a muzzleloader last year, and, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I guess I should have bought a 350 Legend or 450 or whatever. But um, yeah. I mean, I I love my muzzleloader, like I freaking love that thing. It's awesome. But um, I mean, I think it's the same concept though. Like it's getting more people out in the woods during firearm and especially with like the CWD hysteria thing going around, like they don't want it to spread. So it's just another way to, for people to shoot more deer, I guess, during firearm season. Cause not a lot of people have muzzle loaders, I think. And this is all like, I, I'm not a hundred percent on this, but um, it's just, you know, if, if you allow people to use a legal firearm instead of just a muzzle loader, then you're going to have more people out there and there's going to be more deer shot. And, um, you know, in high dense in high deer density areas where CWD isn't yet, you know, hopefully it'll help, you know, I guess thin the herd a little bit is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Which the, the, the only other one that would probably affect us is that they're doing the late archery again, where we live here in Oakland County mm-hmm. and Wayne and Macomb as well. Um, but that goes through the end of January. Right. So who knows, man, maybe I can sneak out with you during that one. Cause I'm not going to have anywhere else to go. Well, yeah, I was going to throw a little, uh, throw a little twist in this little episode and say, uh, I'm going to challenge you this season to, um, even, even if it's just a day that seems good for, you know, still hunting, like come hunt public land with me. I mean, not necessarily like hunt like side by side, but like, just come, right. Come get lost with me out on the public land and just, <laughs> just, just, you know, just hunt them from the ground. I mean, it's like the hunting public guys always say like you know well i guess more so like uh, zach from the hunting public like there's always some condition usually on any day during the hunting season there's some condition whether it's wind whether it's rain whatever it is that you can take advantage of and that's like that's why i chose to hunt from the ground last year on november 1st because it was at, right after a huge snowstorm i mean 20 mile an hour 30 mile an hour winds all evening all night the night before and then November 1st morning, it was just like dead still. So I just knew like I, and, and it had snowed. So like the ground wasn't crunchy at all. And I knew I could just slip through, like slip along these transition lines on the swamp 
where I knew there were some good deer. And, you know, that's when I, I en- ended up seeing that really good buck. And so, I mean, I don't know, hunting from the ground is just, a lot of people are like, oh, it's not, you know, like, I feel like I'm not bow hunting if I'm on the ground. Like I have to be up in a tree. And it's like, that's, that's just like, you know, so many people, especially nowadays, like you can kill deer from the ground, you know, and that's what made me fired up to go try it. And it was, you know, it almost worked. Right. Yeah, man, that's kind of how we started out uh, when I first started bow hunting. Granted, I've never killed a deer with a bow, but uh, we used to, like, make these little ground blinds by just, like, stacking up sticks and just, you know, you make, like, a little wall and find the end of a, a fence row or a tree line and just set up in there. And I would come real close to deer. I think I was just – I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. I was only, like, 14, 13 years Bro, old. I still don't, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so we'll figure it out. Did you already talk, was that during this or was it when we were talking uh, before we started recording about like how you, you know, just picked up a bow kind of during quarantine? Like, you know, just so I, I just want to make sure like people understand like you, yeah, you haven't shot a deer with a bow, but you also didn't really, this is kind of your first year back. In yeah, the, that's, that's probably like, a good point to mention. Like I, I did briefly touch on it, but it's like, I, I haven't been bow hunting in 15 years. And the last time that I did go bow hunting, I was 15 years old. So right. Yeah, because, you know, if, if and I, I thought you did touch on it, but it's like, you know, if people are, you know, if anybody listens and they're like, man, this guy's been hunting for this long. <laughs> yeah, this guy sucks. He hasn't killed zero well. Well, yeah, it's, but that's another reason why I guess we both, I mean, at least I thought this was a really cool idea because it's like you're just getting back into bow hunting. And I've, you know, I've been doing it for a long time and it's just, it's cool. Like I, I like talking to you just about it because you have all these questions and just like stuff. And not that I know hardly anything but it's just cool to you know try to impart some wisdom and yeah for me it's like like we we i've told you before we started running cameras like four years ago or so at the farm and we'd see these big bucks in october and then they would be just gone come november now granted a lot of them probably got killed and there's nothing you can do about that but it just i love hunting it on top of it all and it gives you more time to be out in the woods man and that's the thing that i'm most looking forward to this year Dude, yeah, it's so funny because, like, nowadays I'm – when I go up to deer camp, like, I'll take, like, 10 days off work. And I'll literally go up to deer camp, and I'm just, like – it's probably, like, very silly of me. And I just – I don't know. Like, I don't – like, for me, it's more tradition. Like, whether I'm going to the UP to our deer camp where there's really no deer anyway, but um, – or I go to our, you know, our place in Atlanta with all the guys. There's, like, 10 of us that go, and – I just don't like it's for me, it's more of a social aspect at that point. Like I hunt so hard during October and early November that like when I go up, yeah. fire, <laughs> your camp is like, a break. Yeah. And I just like, I'd rather shoot a deer with my bow. And that's, that probably sounds like a cop out. Cause like I haven't shot a deer with my gun. Well, the muzzleloader last year, but like I still go out, but it's just like, I don't know. For me, it's more like camaraderie. Like, it's just like, Oh yeah, it's deer camp. You know, we got the guns and, um, but yeah, I don't know. So it's kind of opposite for me too. And it's kind of silly of me because, you know, last year at camp, if I would have hunted harder, I mean, two, two of the guys shot like, you know, really nice 10 points and like, you know, like within 300 yards of our camp on public land, but, um, you know, good for them. Right. Too bad for me. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're going to be really happy now that you have a little bit more time. You got the, uh, got the okay from the wife i'm assuming to to take a little bit more time to bow hunt so that'll be i'm excited i'm I'm excited for you to get back into it and for us to 
see where this goes. So. Yeah, definitely. And I, I should probably give her a shout out. Sarah's been awesome. Like, so last year it would have been tough to bow hunt last year because my son would have been like six months old. But now that he's a year and a half old, it's like it's a whole new ball game. Like the kids are more independent. It's a lot easier to to step away and not feel, you know, like you're abandoning the family, so to speak. Um, It's just a lot easier to take take some time away and not feel so bad about missing stuff at home. So he's going to be a year. He's a year and a half. Yeah, he's a year and a half. And then my daughter is uh, three and a half. They're exactly two years apart. Man, give him. To the day? Um, it's like two years and two weeks. They're both February. Oh, you got I was like, man, that's crazy. But yeah, he, so he's like he's got a few more years till he's a mature buck and she's like a mature yeah. ghost. Yeah. <laughs> that's one way to think about it. That's just again, like I just I'm always this time of year I'm just I'm wired for deer. Yeah. Well, all right, man. I think this is a good a good spot to split for uh part one and part two. You know, next time we'll cover some of the practicing we've been doing, some summer scouting updates, and talk about our our real goals. You know, we got 2019 in the past, 2020 full speed ahead. I'm pumped, man. Yeah, for those for those that uh, do happen to listen to this, this was kind of just like intro, like kind of where we come from, and uh, I think the next one I'm I'm really excited for because we're gonna actually talk about like all right, let's talk about strategies, let's talk about some things we want to challenge ourselves to do. Like I said, I'm gonna challenge you to come out with me and just get a feel for the public land and uh, like you said, summer scouting updates, uh, updates, practicing. Uh, you know, I've been shooting a ton. Uh, what else were we gonna talk? You know, talk about our setups, like exactly to a T, what we're using, uh, new gear like you said goals strategies whatever um yeah i'm excited for that one so if you thought this one really stunk then the next one will be better for sure yeah we're pros now so Mm -hmm. all right guys well thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time hunt smart hunt hard this is wolverine whitetail